to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. I'm sure all you mamas will agree we live in a crazy, mixed-up world. You know, it's vastly different than the world we lived in when I was raising my daughter 20 years ago. We had no cell phones, only very rudimentary computers, no internet, no social media, and the world just seemed much calmer. And more time was spent in face-to-face communication. We weren't looking more at our phones and less at the world around us than the way many of us do today. I mean, just stand in line at a restaurant or sit at your gate at the airport. 90% of the people seem to be staring at their phones rather than interacting with the people around them. But even 20 years ago, my husband and I knew that we needed to impart those basic life skills to our daughter, skills that all kids need to learn before they move out into the world as an adult. So join September, Jamie and me, as we chat about all those critical life skills our children will need to navigate in the world today. You know, things like meal prep, housekeeping, teaching good manners, learning how to do the laundry. What might you add to that list or or fill it out a little bit? What are some life skills you think every child should know by the time they leave home? Jamie, what do you think? Well, I want to put doing taxes on the very top of the list. And maybe that's because I'm just right smack dab in the middle of it with my My husband is too. And that was not a life skill that was passed on to me. I think some personal hygiene and, you know, we can add bathing and all the basic things. But I would say let's go beyond that. What I would put on that list would be like shaving for both males and females, menstrual management for girls, and and really some good skills and best practices there. Applying makeup and doing your hair. And I know that doesn't seem like a real necessary life skill, but again, that's that's something that can really ease and comfort our girls and make them feel more adept into going out into the world. Now, hear me doing makeup is not my normal skill set. It's not something I'm good at. So actually, when my daughter approached that age, I made an appointment at a beauty counter for her to get a tutorial on how to do her makeup. What are the best colors? How to apply it? What are the necessities that maybe you might want to splurge and buy some quality? And what are some of the makeup tools that you can just, you know, buy cheap at the, the discount counter? Some basic first aid, definitely financial stewardship, you know, um, and we've talked about that at length in episode 51 when we talked about, you know, giving allowance and preparing them, teaching them stewardship, but banking and investing, simple car maintenance. I know that when I left home, I was very glad to have been taught how to change a tire, you know, pump the gas, change out the windshield wipers, jumpstart a car, And here's one that I have been focusing on lately with my teens, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later in the episode, how to fly in an airport, how to navigate an airport, because that's something that they will probably have to do and have to do without you. But I think it's giving them a jump start if you can model that for them and teach them how to navigate an airport, filling out paperwork, you know, insurance forms, doctor's appointment forms. And then I I guess I would add at the very bottom of the list, not maybe the bottom, but just in the list, simple home maintenance, unclogging a toilet, turning off the water to your house, resetting a tripped breaker, lighting a gas stove, some of those just basic home maintenance tasks. I love those, Jamie. And I'm thinking about 
when my daughter was young, you know, with makeup and hair, I told her early on, I said, I am not a hair mom. <laughs> so you're going to have to learn. I just can't, you know, I, I never do much with my hair. And it's like, well, I, I can't do all the braids and all that cute stuff. So, and she was fine with that. And the other thing, especially with younger ones, this is what I'm experiencing. Some with my grandkids, teach them to flush the toilet every time they use it. You know, it's little things like that, that they need to need to understand and, and make important. So what about you, September? I would just, you know, for the sake of time, just echo everything Jamie said, maybe add in things, maybe you said this, Jamie, I didn't catch it. Things like the DMV and vehicles, registering vehicles, titles, like those are big things, purchasing a vehicle, all that goes into that um, insurance, getting insurance um, for themselves. Also, I think, you know, learning how to take good care of their body as far as like health and stewardship and eating junk food or how to prepare good food, um, taking care of themselves. It's not just us putting food in front of them and saying, here's here's a good diet. Make sure you eat, three, you know, this, this, this. Like they begin to think through it and how to manage their money when it comes to their food budget and things like that. Those are like, those are very big life changes that we, I think, assume they're getting until we stop doing them and they're on their own. You know, because as soon as a child or an older young adult gets their license, there's a lot more available to them. You know, the convenience of fast food, the convenience of friend gatherings, like how to spend their time, how to spend their money. And so I found in in my older kids as they, you know, hit 16 and they wanted to drive a car and do all those things, like those life skills need to come before 16 um, because, you know, they have time now. They're They're not under our watchful eye or guided counseling. So those are some areas uh, in addition to everything that you said that I think are great. But that DMV thing, you know, that's a big deal. I think you touched on something, September, that's important to really highlight. There's a difference between modeling a life skill and actually teaching it. And I think you need both. But I think so often we assume our kids are just going to pick up the skill because they've seen us do it. But so many of these skills actually take real teaching and and real practice and even just some hard-won knowledge, like I tried and then I failed, and here's what I learned from trying and failing. A couple other things that I just thought of, Kate, that I think should be added to that list are computer skills, basic computer skills, like business office skills, you know, making a resume, writing a proper email, even just typing skills and practicing that using some basic office programs like Word and PowerPoint. I think those are some skills that need to be taught um, in this present moment, especially. And then how to vote and the importance of civic duty, I think, is another life skill that can be kind of forgotten or we just assume that they're going to learn through osmosis or through just seeing us do it. But I think that's something that actually needs to be talked through and taught. I agree with all of those. And what I would add, is teaching etiquette and manners. Mm. I just see how, you know, you go to a restaurant and how kids behave. I, I remember when I was young, and we're talking decades ago, my parents were strict. You know, when you're at the dinner table, you don't get up and leave. You don't start eating till mom or dad picks up their fork. I mean, it was strict in those days. But some of those things are good. You know, there are some things that are of value. How, how do you navigate? You're over at somebody's house having dinner. Well, what are the polite ways to behave? It just it seems like politeness and modesty are both kind of missing from the world or they really sunk low. So those are a couple things to think about. 
I think we can spin manners the wrong direction. Like we think it makes our kids look good, but actually teaching our kids manners has the same effect or maybe the impetus for teaching manners is the same as teaching life skills because it helps prepare your kids for social settings so they don't feel awkward, uncomfortable, or embarrassed. And I know September has lots of great resources at September and Co. for teaching manners. We can put some links in the show notes. And over on my website, you can download a list of 100 manners to teach your kids before they turn 18 so that when you send them off and launch them into adulthood, they can feel comfortable and confident in lots of different social situations. Yeah. And it's going to help even going for a job interview. Yes. Once they take you to lunch. We have to understand these things and teach them to our kids. Well, let's talk about little kids when they're younger. I mean, other than flushing the toilet, what are some things that you ladies have that, that are really important when they're little? I think it's really important when we think about our littles to think about introducing chores and responsibilities incrementally, you know, little by little. It's not, here's your chore list. This is what you need to do. Make sure you get it done. And I also think it's really important to do it with them so that they can see it. We're encouraging. It becomes a positive moment and we're showing them what to do. A lot of times we think that's just a one and done. And then we say, did you get your chore done? And of course, they're not going to be motivated. So teaching motivation, perseverance, all those character things when they're learning how to do a chore. And these are just really the hows, not the actual chores specific. But I think it's also really important when we have littles and younger children to help them focus on not that it's just a chore or a life skill, but it's also um, ownership, like contributing to the family, helping keeping the house you know, stewarding their own area, respecting other people's space, thinking about others, those type of things. Some few practical things that I've done when my kids were little that I began really early. And these are just a few things. You know, I have a whole list over at September and Co. that I've worked on creating these lists for people. But I had my kids put the silverware away from the dishwasher into the drawer, you know, teaching them how to categorize and to match things. I mean, that's something they can do feeding their pets if you have them, picking up after themselves, enjoying um, the time with them when you begin these things, emptying all the little garbages in the bathroom. And then I think it's really important. I mean, those are for littles, of course, but I think really it's important to make it simple and to have a reward system. I think sometimes we just want the, the list of responsibility and the tasks done and we forget about the the encouragement and the reward to that. And so it doesn't become such a negative thing in the home. So those are just a few things that we've done with our with our littles. And I've shared before my principle of five. Now, this is not something that I came up with. I actually have instituted over the years, but have piecemealed it together from other resources. But it's the principle of five. And it goes like this. When teaching a skill or teaching anything, I do, you watch, I do, you help. You do, I help, you do, I watch. And then lastly, you do and someone else watches. And so I keep that in mind when I'm teaching skills to my kids at whatever age they're in. And I'll give you an example of of how we teach um, cooking skills, for instance, or kitchen skills. When my kids are about six or seven, and of course that depends on the child, every child has a different maturity level. 
they begin to be my sous chef in the kitchen, meaning they're with me watching me as I do. Slowly, I start handing off some jobs to them like, here, you measure this out and you put this in or here, you read the recipe and we'll do it together. So that's the next step. You know, I do you help. And then about eight or nine, I pick a simple recipe that they can make and they make it once a week for weeks at a time until they master that recipe. And for most of my kids, I started with Sloppy Joe's, my homemade Sloppy Joe recipe, and I'll put it in the show notes because it, it's simple, but it's an actual homemade meal from start to finish. You know, we have Sloppy Joe's for several weeks in a row, once a week, but they master Sloppy Joe's. And what that does is it gives that, gets them comfortable in the kitchen, helps them master some basic kitchen skills, some basic terminology, like this is a teaspoon, this is a tablespoon. They're practicing these skills and they get confident in making that one thing. And then they move on to another recipe that they make for several weeks. And we do this for a time to build up sort of a repertoire of five or six meals that they can make from start to finish. And once they graduate past that, then I create like a Pinterest board or a notebook, maybe some a stack of note cards with some other easy to make recipes. Now, I'm not a huge advocate for kid cookbooks because I think oftentimes kid cookbooks include recipes that we probably wouldn't eat or make. They're not the healthiest. They're sort of dismantled, disjointed versions of real recipes. So I'd much rather give my kids recipes that we actually make and cook and help them to learn to master them. But then I put together this Pinterest board and then it's on them. When it's your day to cook, you have a day of the week where you're going to cook, you get to pick what you're going to cook. You need to make, you know, a basic grocery list and pass it off to me so that I can add it to our weekly list. And that's helping them with the meal prep and the all the back end skills of making a meal. This year, my my boys are actually tag teaming. And once a week, they come together to make a meal and they each take a different part. Somebody makes the main course, somebody makes the side, somebody makes the bread or the dessert. And so they're working in teams. And I think that that's another great thing to remember when you have multiple kids and you're trying to teach them skills. We've talked about this, actually. September and I shared some thoughts about stepping down chores in episode 37. When you have a large family and you're trying to teach them each some skills that you can utilize your older kids to help teach your younger ones. The older kids hopefully have mastered some of these skills. So you can use them. And that goes back to the the principle of five. You know, you do and someone else watches. That's the last step of mastering a skill. So these older kids then can become the leaders and, and develop some leadership skills by teaching their younger siblings some of the things that they have already mastered. So we do a lot of chore teams where an older sibling partners with a younger one. Currently, right now, we have dishwashing teams. And so an older is partnered with a younger and we take turns each night. And I always ask, who's whose team is on dishes tonight? And they know exactly whose turn it is. And they have to partner together to wash the dishes together. It's building sibling relationships and camaraderie. And it's helping, you know, an older one see the value of nurturing and developing the skills in a younger one. And the younger one gets to develop some natural um, respect and admiration for those older siblings. I love that, Jamie. And I think you know, learning how to cook. I have a lot of friends that just don't cook. They never learned. And that's a skill you need for the rest of your life. So I love that. I'm thinking also something simple like laundry. Just little ones can help sort colors. 
they can do a lot of those things, eventually emptying the dryer, watching you pour it, you know, pouring in the laundry detergent. Those are a lot of things where you can implement that, Jamie. And I think it's so much easier for us to do it ourselves than to involve our kids. Just, I can do this way quicker than you can and do a better job, but we have to build like you said, build those skills, build that just ability to live life and to do all these different things. So it's really important to teach them when they're young. So they get to that point where they can make a meal. And I'd highly recommend if, if you do have multiple ages to go back and listen to episode 37, because September shares some great tips about, you know, graduated chore methods for lots of ages. Are you concerned your child's current education won't give them the skills necessary to succeed in any area of life? Consider homeschooling with Classical Conversations. By applying the Classical Christian model of education, the Classical Conversations curriculum encourages students to learn how to learn and how to think for themselves so they can adapt to every challenge life throws at them. Join the over 50,000 families in 50 countries who have chosen to educate their children with Classical Conversations by visiting classicalconversations.com forward slash mom to mom. Several years ago, my oldest daughter taught herself how to play the ukulele. She spent hours scouring YouTube for basic tutorials, and over the course of about six months, she pieced together music lessons for herself. Now she wants to learn the acoustic guitar. Trouble is, the guitar is quite a bit trickier to learn than the ukulele, and YouTube snippets just aren't cutting it. That's why I'm thrilled that Practicing Musician, the folks that created a free online multimedia curriculum with over 10,000 video tutorials, learning assignments, exercises, and songs for the band and orchestral instruments, are launching a brand new ministry called Worshiping Musician. Designed in partnership with a leader of the United States K-12 Music Standards and Assessment Writing Teams, Worshiping Musician will offer the same robust online curriculum with the same intuitive and easy-to-use learning management system, but for worship instruments, including piano, bass guitar, drums, vocals, and of course, the acoustic guitar. My daughter will be able to learn right in the comfort of her own room. She won't have to scour the internet to gather a hodgepodge assortment of tutorials, and she won't have to pay a dime because the curriculum is all free. Should she like additional help, she can sign up for an annual subscription for one-on-one -on -one micro sessions where she'll receive tutoring from an expert via video conference. For nearly 80% less than the cost of a year's worth of guitar lessons, the micro tutoring sessions from Worshiping Musician will not only get her playing, but will also be within her college student budget. To learn more about the free curriculum from Practicing Musician, the creation of their upcoming Worshiping Musician resources, or to grab $10 off of their limited micro-tutoring subscriptions, head to practicingmusician.com worship and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's practicingmusician.com worship, promo code M-O-M-T-O, M-O-M. You know, there another really big one is money management, teaching our kids to properly manage money. They're going to do that for the rest of their lives. So how do you handle it in your families, girls? There's a lot of controversy about whether kids should receive allowances 
or receive specific money for specific chores or maybe earn for those paying jobs that you've established around your house. Maybe things like cleaning the garage or helping babysit the younger kids or going above and beyond in a particular chore. I was just with my granddaughter recently and and we were trying to clean some stuff out of the car and vacuum it. And I told her, this is what we want to do. She just went ahead and got the, and it was one of those big vacuums that you have to roll out the cord for to have it reach the car. She just jumped in and did everything. And I, and she's 10 years old. I was so proud of her for taking the initiative. I, I wish I had money to have given her, but then I thought, well, Maybe that's not the best thing. She needs to learn to just do things selflessly. But it was really interesting for me to see that. So how do you guys handle that and teach your kids smart money management skills, but also the allowance thing I'd love to talk about? I think there's a lot of controversy around this topic. I just want to say that. And I think the controversy comes, I don't even know if the word is controversy. I would just say differing opinions because there's different family dynamics. So taking that into consideration, remembering that, you know, we have 12 people in our family. And so we have a big home, a lot of people and a lot of things to do and very little time because we're doing all the things. And so in our home, it is understood that we all have ownership and stewardship to take care of our home and work together as a team. So no one really receives an allowance. But there are so many things extra that need done on top of just keeping our home operating and running well. And so I always have a running list of things that kids could do to earn money on top of the things that are laid out to be done every day. So it would be things like weeding the flower beds or raking the lawn, mowing the back lawn, which is a monster at our house. We have a big hill. You know, the things that no one wants to do, the things that we need done, cleaning out the linen closet. And I don't even know if anyone even has a linen closet anymore, but that's what we call it in our home. And all of the things that either no one wants to do, take extra time or just have to be done. And I just a lot of money value to that. And then they can pick and choose. And then if no one chooses it, then it becomes a task someone has to do for free. So it's really motivating and they get to choose. And then using their money wisely, you know, we've just tried to teach them that money is great. Money is fun. It's always, you know, quick in our hands, but to hold on to it and to use it for great purposes and to store it well. And so those are just some of the things that we've used for making money or so that they can have their own money. And then when it comes to smart money management skills, I know we've talked about that in previous episodes. So I think that, you know, those are some great episodes to refer to for that. Yeah. Episode 51, definitely. We talked at length about allowance and stewardship. And I, I'm not going to give a blanket answer because I feel like I've touched on that in episode 51. But I will say this. I do think there's a difference between teaching wise money management and teaching a good work ethic. And depending upon what you're trying to emphasize in this particular season, you're going to tackle allowance and stewardship different. Because I, too, agree with September. There are just some things around the house that just need to be done. And because we are a family unit, we all live here. We all need to contribute to the running of this household. And I don't get paid to do the dishes. And so therefore, I don't really feel like I need to pay my children to do the dishes. They eat the same food that I do on the same plates that I do. So there's just this work ethic that needs to be built up. However, I also understand that scripture says, if a man does not work, he does not eat. So there is a natural payment process that happens in life. 
That's not always monetarily, though. You know, there are other payments that my kids receive that are not necessarily a dollar value, but I do want them to learn how to steward their money well. I want them to learn how to have an open hand, to be able to give generously, to be able to give to the Lord and to others for his kingdom work. And that requires money to be able to practice that skill. So we do give allowance in our home, but it's not necessarily connected to jobs and chores. Like September and Dan, we we do give payment for above and beyond jobs where we just know this is a big task we're asking. But again, it, it's not always money. Sometimes the payment is as simple as a can of pop because that's a privilege around the house. And boy, do my boys work really hard to earn a can of pop. So I think, you know, to sum up, the short answer is, I think those are two different skills and they have to be tackled differently. Stewardship and money management and a work ethic. I love that, Jamie. Or, you know, going out for ice cream, that can be a big one. Yeah. Well, I think this might be one of our most important topics to talk about, and that's the digital world. I read a statistic that one hour a day on the internet or on your phone equals two weeks out of the year, which is really terrifying to me. I mean, I have to manage my own time on the internet, but I think it's just incredibly pressing as the world just continues this downward spiral into depravity and ungodliness. We have to teach our kids how to safely navigate that world. It's a weaponized battle for our souls, but there are steps we can take to combat it. So how are you ladies teaching your kids to use wisdom when they're online and yourselves for that matter, for all of us, from those pitfalls that are just hiding behind the screens? There's so much that's dangerous out there. So how do you ladies kind of deal with that? Well, I know that time management is a really big place to start. Like keeping our kids accountable is difficult in every area. We cannot be the internet police. And so I feel like the less time, then the less problems. And so I do not think that teaching our kids time management in the digital world is where this begins. I feel like this goes back to the beginning of our conversation, like time management needs to be understood and respected in other areas because trying to teach them that when you put a phone or a device or something else in their hands, this is not the place to actually teach what time management means. I was driving our kids to school this morning and my 16-year-old daughter, who is driving, um, she has her license, she said to me, so I'm going to try this week to limit my screen time. This was an independent conversation she prompted. And she said, I'm going to try and limit my screen time to two hours a day. She said, I wanted to do one hour a day, but I knew that would be impractical because she edits photos on her phone and she does some of her college work. And I said, I'm really proud of you for even thinking about that. Did you come up with a plan, how you're going to do that? She said, well, I was just thinking of all the things that I could do with that other time and all the things that I wouldn't get sucked into when I'm online. And so I think teaching, she came up with this on her own. She she was trying to think of a solution and her first response was time management. So I think, I think that speaks a lot. Like we need to work on that in everyday life, um, whether it's friends or music or free time, all those things. So one thing we've done in our home that has been super helpful to help them with the life skill of in the digital world is parent involvement and accountability. This is huge. I'm not going to make the statement any bigger than it needs to be, but I'm super passionate about it. I think in this entitled world, 
we have forsaken the value of accountability, even as adults. When it comes to big decisions, little decisions, life moments, every, we all need accountability. And our kids need to see that we have accountability. And, and I don't mean just in the digital world. So whether it's laziness or friendships or a speech, and this rolls into the digital world. So we have parent-led accounts. I have my kids' passwords. I check in. Another area is to have conversations to say, you know, something something is going to be coming through the digital world very soon on social media that you're going to be seeing. There was a shooting. There is a big transgender issue that's going to be coming through. You're going to be seeing all that, talking about it. How do you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Um, so the conversations are really important. And then, of course, always encouraging our kids to remember their responses when they're in the digital world. A lot of times we think about what they're seeing and how we kind of want to screen that and help them in this life skill of what they're seeing. But I think the response is so important. We forget that part, um, how they respond to comments or posts on social media, how they respond internally, what they're thinking, what they talk to their friends about when they see something. So all of those things are areas that we've tried to keep current in our home. Oh, you're getting me spicy, September. I love what you just said. I think the idea of like, we need accountability too. And actually that the modeling of that starts with us. We cannot expect our kids to live a digital life differently than the one we're modeling for them. And if we are just pouring out and using all kinds of time in digital spaces and not our real life spaces, we cannot expect them to do it any differently. I just want to give two specifics. And that is, we haven't bought into the cultural lie that says tweens and teens need phones. We just haven't, because I think that is a fallacy. We have purchased Gab phones for our teens once they begin driving, just so that they can contact us and we can contact them for safety reasons. And certainly, you know, if your kids go off to school every day, maybe a Gab phone um, for a tween is in order. And and that's going to be a personal family decision based on the needs of your home. But I just, I honestly have not bought into the lie that says my tween needs a phone because I think it's easier to just say no right now and hold off than it, than it is to say yes and then later have to pull back on that yes. It's just easier to just hold off for as long as you can. And then um, the other rule that we have in our home is that screens need to stay in common outward-facing locations so that anybody who passes by can see what you're looking at. And, you know, I'll be honest and say this year, I kind of let that slip at the beginning of the year because my teens are now doing some online school. One of them is doing online college work. And then um, my two high school boys are doing some online math and science work. And so I kind of just set that in a different place in my mind. Oh, that's school. But in the end, they're still on a screen and the temptation for screens is still there. So I really had to say, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was my mistake for letting that rule sort of slide. But we're going to get back to it. And even during school, you need to be sitting at these common areas so that everybody can see what everybody else is looking at. Lastly, I'll just say this. We have never done any sort of screen protection program because I don't think that you can ever out tech a teen. I don't think it's possible. I think you can put all kinds of protection on your phones, on your iPads, on your 
computers. But if a teen wants to get into and dig down deep into a dark alley of the internet, they are going to find a way because you can't out-tech a teen. You just can't, especially for the fact that you cannot be with them at any given moment. You know, your teens are going to go off and get jobs. They're going to visit friends. They're going to go to youth group and you're not going to be able to be with them. So in the end, it really is a heart issue. I think heart discipleship will go much further than any parental controls ever will. Because again, they're not going to be with you always. And if they've only ever relied on the fact that they can't gain access to certain sites or images once they're out of your house, if if that's the only tool you've given them is the fact that they can't ever get onto certain sites, you haven't really equipped them to resist those sites when they're out of your home and they will have access to them. So while I think that it's a very nuanced argument and and I'm not saying that, you know, protection sites are, you should never do those. Again, it's a, a personal in-home decision. I'm just saying we as a family have never done those sort of screen protection programs or sites because in the end, I really do think it comes down to a heart issue. Mm-hmm. It does, but I, I always worry about, you know, the the other, especially boys, that other boy whose house they go to that's got a phone that they're showing them stuff they shouldn't be showing them. But you're right, Jamie, if they build up that that ability to resist that, that's going to go a long way. I just want to add to that, that the Bible tells us the heart is desperately wicked and we can all be deceived. And so even when we trust the heart, we've prepared the heart, even then we can be deceived. And so I will just share this here. Even my adult children have set up an accountability. This goes back to the accountability, not just preparing the heart with two other grown men or women in their lives for their screen viewing. All screens they have, they, we all purchased a plan and they've chosen two adults in their life, whether it's a mentor, a pastor, my husband or I, and we all have this accountability because even when we prepare the heart, it can deceive us. And so I think that that's just an important thing to begin now so that our kids know that that piece of accountability, even for us as adults, is important. And that sometimes we convince ourselves because we're human that something's okay, it may not be. That's such a great point. Yeah, I agree with training the heart, but I also know because I'm human that that can fail us. The, the one thing I would add is that the attention spans, they're proving this are just dropping in kids that spend a lot of time on social media, not necessarily doing work for school. That's a whole different thing. But on Instagram and TikTok, they, they just are, their kids are losing their attention spans in other parts of life. And it's really scary when you look at the statistics for that. Well, one last thing to talk about, I'm a big one to believe that being involved in understanding politics, what's going on right now. Uh, the world events, it's its important. And there's so much false information that masks truth. So how do we teach our kids to think critically, discern between the truth and the lies that they see in the mainstream media and the social media? I, I recently heard this, that a lot of young people in choosing their college are basing it on their political belief. So that was interesting to me that that's what's causing them to pick that school. So what do you ladies think about all of this? Well, I think it's really important that we raise informed citizens that kind of one of my big, big mantras as a mom, because 
we want our kids to be able to wade through the oversaturated media and current events and come to some solid biblical conclusions without being duped by fake news. We had some specific ideas that we shared in episode 64 about that, but I would just follow up by saying one of your best tricks as a mom is to have good conversations with your kids. And so almost daily, you know, my kids and I listen to a news podcast. It's a kid kids news podcast. I've shared about it before on the show. And it's like a five minute snippets of some headline news that are age appropriate. And almost daily, we talk about some of those, the news commentary. Sometimes we agree with the host, sometimes we don't. And I bring up other current events that I'm hearing about, like September was saying, you know, you're going to be seeing these things on social media or online. I want to prepare them before they need to have a response. I want to prepare them to articulate a response. So we have good conversations. And I always ask them, let's talk about this. The other day we had a conversation about all of the AI issues that are in play and that we're hearing about in the news media. And there's different sides to that argument. I wasn't looking for them to have the quote unquote right answer. Really, the point was we were having a conversation. I was hearing from them. They were hearing from me. I'm giving them my hard-won wisdom on certain things or even just admitting, you know, I don't know. I need to research this more because this is a critical issue that we need to have a solid biblical worldview about. And so really, it's just a matter of having good conversations, bringing things to the forefront and continuing to talk about them and not just assuming that your kids are going to somehow like, you know, absorb all of your beliefs and your opinions about things. You actually have to be talking about them with your kids and helping them to grow biblical discernment. Keep bringing them back to scripture. Yeah. Amen. You know, recently I read a comment that we're raising Genesis 3 hearts in a Romans 1 world, and that points out that we all have fallen natures and we're living in a corrupt and depraved time in history. So how are we going to teach our children to stand out and to stand up in today's world? Teaching life skills to our children will reap benefits long past our active years while they're still living at home. All those skills and actions that will influence the world. So how do we teach them to face challenges? resisting that urge to mirror what they may be seeing every day. So as they learn those basic skills like cooking and cleaning and the consequences of their actions and avoiding the pitfalls of our culture, they're going to have an impact on society and hopefully be an example to everyone they meet. So as moms, we have much to impart and teach. And when they're still at home, we're going to school them in many ways. We know reading and writing are critical but also learning all those skills we've talked about today to become successful adults who can stand on their own and reflect Christ to the world. So moms, thanks for listening in today. As always, we would love to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much for joining us.